Hey, yo, happy Sunday. Happy Labor Day weekend. Thank you for listening to the podcast today. Um, I have a episode in the can that you're going to like next week. Dario Joseph, comedian, half of the Refined Taste Rock podcast, will be on with me promoting his Fringe Fest show, which is two, three weekends away from now. So it'll be on next weekend. Now, again, like I said, already in the can. We actually already recorded the interview. And uh, we'll air that next Sunday. In the meantime, I have something big to talk about. So excited. It was a very exciting week at Craft Cannery. I just have to kind of catch my breath first. Whew, what a day. I'm actually sitting on my back porch right now, dripping sweat, because I just got done mowing the lawn. It's hot. I have chicken soup on the stove on a 85-degree day because I'm insane. I don't know. It's You know what? I think if you, you know, if you know me, you know something. I was very close to and loved very much my grandfather. And, of course, we've talked over the years a little bit. I think I might have mentioned that my grandpa made sauce every Sunday. But uh, <laughs> what I don't mention quite as often is he always made soup on Saturday. And this time of year, just with the garden booming, it's like, man, you know, peppers right out of the garden, basil, tomatoes right out of the garden, you know, soup on Saturday, sauce on Sunday. It just doesn't get any better. And I don't care if it's 85 degrees outside. I'm having my Saturday soup with my fresh garden veggies, okay? Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. Anyway, uh, yes, I got to sneak in a podcast real quick before my wife and son wake up from their nap. So here goes. Big week at Craft Cannery. This week, it became public that we are a top 20 finalist for something called Grow New York. Now, just to give you a little context, Grow New York is a um, it's a wonderful program cre- that was created that it basically culminates in this summit and this summit is all about agriculture and the food business here in western slash finger lake slash southern tier slash sort of central new york and it really covers when i say western new york doesn't even really cover buffalo it really kind of cuts off around genesee county and don't don't kill me if i'm getting the geography not exactly right but it's really sort of this piece of the middle of new york that I just laid out and they do this summit and the first time I ever attended was last year I know 2020 was virtual um, and prior to that I, I don't even think I realized it was there but last year I was lucky enough to go and it's like a um, it's like a trade show I guess booths and kiosks and lots of cool organizations around the area that you can learn more about the local food business and really more specifically the local agriculture business which is of course so rich in New York State and last year when I went, I was invited by Genesee County, by the, um, I guess the folks who, they, there's the Chamber of Commerce, and then there's the uh, Economic Development uh, Committee, and I was invited in, to be a part of their kiosk, and so I went and uh, set up a little display, but really ended up enjoying myself as an audience member watching this summit, and watching all these different speakers, they had keynote speakers and panels, and in the middle of all of this was a competition, a Shark Tank-like competition. They had these judges, and they had 20, they, they used the word startups, they had 20 startups, and the 20 startups each got about 10 minutes to pitch their product, and then they had about a five-minute Q&A with the judges, and then at the end, they awarded prizes, and the prizes were $1 million for first place, a couple of $500,000 prizes, and then four $250,000 prizes. So seven out of 20 companies that went to pitch won some money. And I mean, that was, I think that's incredible odds. You know, oftentimes with these things, there's one winner or, or maybe two or three, but seven out of 20, that's, that's fantastic. 
So I watched and I watched these startups pitching and I just sat in that audience just with my jaw open the whole time. I mean, I remember I was so into it. I loved watching those presentations. And for the most part, I was, I guess I could call it, I don't know, um, optimistically jealous. Is that what I'm, what am I trying to go for? Let me try and explain this. Let me try to use my words here on how to explain what I was feeling. I was so happy for the people on stage who were giving these pitches. And I was also feeling kind of down about myself because I was feeling like, geez, you know, I don't know if our company would qualify for this. Like, I just, I just don't know if I, quite frankly, look, it boils down to this. What I was thinking while I was sitting in that audience was, I'm not smart enough to get my company on that stage. That's it. That's the truth. That's what I was thinking. So I started telling some friends about it and family and mentors and just people I knew. And I was just like, oh, yeah, I went to this thing. I went to Grow New York and here's how it worked. And, and you know, and here's some of the people who won because like the, the woman who won, I think she had a line of um, allergy free or allergen free snacks. And this is all public, by the way. You can just Google Grow New York competition past winners and you'll see last few years um, there's been some big winners like my girl Michelle Little from from Perfect Granola uh, Real Eats in Geneva they were the first winner uh, so so you can go back and you can see a lot of who has won but they had like people who invented robots to pick tomatoes and like you know a lot of stuff that I'm just watching this going like man this is over my head you know I can't invent a robot I've got nothing but as I started talking to some people I trusted and explaining like the point of the contest and, and what the other businesses were doing and, and what we do. And, and I had a couple of people who I consider to be way smarter than me look at me right in the eye and say, well, no, you, you can do this. You're, you are already doing this. In fact, you're, you're further ahead than some of the businesses you're describing. Sure, they have some technology, but you have proof of concept. You have actual sales you know like you've got you know because you do i mean it's a startup competition so you see companies that might be you know I, they might be like pre-revenue or they're all great honestly all 20 of them were fantastic and i was just sitting there going wow this is amazing but you know at the end of the day some of them were off and running others were very early stages and it was a little bit all over the place and um and we are off and running quite frankly so the good thing about being off and running and being a profitable company is, well, it's it's proof of concept, right? The proof is in the pudding. There's real numbers to show the path to profitability. And that's great because you're not just projecting. You're actually showing real math, real accounting. So that's great. So what is the concept and what are we going in as and for? And, and again, let me bring this all the way back and try to explain something that to this day is confusing for people, and I don't blame anybody. Guglielmo sauce, that's my brand of pasta sauce, is different than Kraft Cannery. Kraft Cannery is essentially, for lack of a better term, my main job. That is where I spend all my time. That is the manufacturing facility where we manufacture Guglielmo's, but also dozens and dozens of other brands, products, barbecue sauces, pasta sauces, salad dressings, etc., etc., and put them out into the market. So this competition we entered specifically as Craft Cannery, mostly because Guglielmo Sauce has been around long enough, it's not a startup. But that being said, Craft Cannery, the one thing I worried about in 
entering this contest as I wondered if Craft Cannery even would qualify as a startup. We've been around for a couple of years. We're showing some profitability. Is there an argument to be made here that we're not a startup? Well, thankfully, thank God, uh, Grow New York saw us as a startup. So I'm very excited about that because we did end up being one of 390 <laughs> who applied and one of 20 who were chosen to be a finalist and to go forward in November and go to Syracuse and pitch. And there's a couple of aspects to this pitch. You know, this has been a funny debate in my own head about, hey, should I talk about my pitch in detail ahead of time or should I not say much about my pitch and then just kind of let it happen on stage? And I'll say this. I mean, the, 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 the version that happens on stage will be very specific. But I can give you a rough outline of what's going on, what we're doing, and, and what we think we can do better with a uh, with an award from Grow New York. So basically, um, we are a small co-packer. For anybody who doesn't know what that means, let's say you make a barbecue sauce. You can come to us with your barbecue sauce recipe, and we will do everything necessary to commercialize it so that we can now make it for you and you can go out into the world and sell it commercially on grocery store shelves and whatnot. Um, that's what we do. We, we take that and we, we turn that around. Now, we deal a lot with small businesses. And I don't even mean small business. I mean startups, like entrepreneurs, people who have made every phone call trying to find a co-packer and have mostly been turned away because quite frankly, most co-packers have minimums. And it makes a lot of sense. Being in the co-pack world, I understand why they have minimums. I just don't have the heart to tell new entrepreneurs that we're not able to be their home because I was the guy one time who was making phone calls and being turned away from co-packers. I was the guy at one point who was being told, what's your minimum? Or I was being asked, what's your minimum? Oh, I'm sorry. That's not good enough for us. Best of luck to you. Because all they care about is numbers. Most co-packers want to know, how much product are you going to make? How much money can we make off of you? And that will determine whether or not we'll talk to you any further. But for me, I'm going, look, you have to start somewhere. It's the chicken and the egg, right? It's the ch- it's it's like the uh, the chicken and the egg or the uh, oh, what what is it also um, uh, y- you come right out of college and you can't get a job without experience but you can't get experience without a job right it's the same thing uh, you can't get volume or you can't I'm sorry you can't get a co-packer without volume but you can't get volume without a co-packer <laughs> like there needs to be somebody like us out there and we're not the only ones doing it in fact we've even had competition pop up. Uh, in the past, but for the most part, I think we do it better, and, and I think I can explain why. So we specialize in a few things. We specialize in bringing in the local startup entrepreneur person who's always had the dream. They want to bottle mom or dad or grandma or grandpa, uh, you know, or their aunt or their uncles, you know, whatever. Pasta sauce, barbecue sauce, go on. We specialize in that. However, We've also made investments in bottling lines and bigger kettles and things, so we're able to bottle a little bit faster and on a bit more of a higher scale to give ourselves the ability to work with slightly bigger clients. And, of course, there's confidentiality involved, so I can't say names of who we bottle for, but let's just say household names. There's somebody who, if you're listening to this podcast, there's at least going to be one company we bottle for that you've for sure heard of, okay? So... We can do that, slightly larger scale. So beginners, slightly larger scale. 
third thing we do is we deal with some fresh produce. We have a partnership with a local greenhouse. This local greenhouse has lots and lots of tomato waste because they sell to retailers and wholesalers and the tomatoes have to be perfect. So any tomato that isn't perfect can get boiled down and turned into sauce. Well, the tomatoes that aren't perfect don't sell. They were headed for the dump. Instead, we take them, we turn them into sauce. Guess what? A beautiful tomato that you buy at the grocery store versus one that might have a scuff mark on it or be undersized or oversized, guess what? They taste the same once you've boiled them down. They taste the exact same. They're both delicious. So we do that. We, we can take tomatoes and we can kind of salvage them. So there's a sustainability leg to what we're doing as well, which I think is really important, uh, period, but also really important specifically in regards to this Grow New York competition because I think showing that we are making the effort to add to the local sustainability, rescuing these tomatoes from essentially the garbage, and the fact that the amount that we're doing right now could be greatly increased with a investment that would allow us to do more of those, uh, specifically even with just salvaging the tomatoes, you know, some, some specific equipment for tomatoes, because we're doing a lot of it right now by hand. A lot of that labor is intensive. So if we had some equipment that was specific to processing tomatoes, well, it's a whole other world of how many tomatoes we could actually salvage. And that's just tomatoes. We haven't even talked about other types of produce. I'm just partial to tomatoes. <laughs> but there's all kinds of other types of produce that we could probably be salvaging too. So three-pronged there. You can see we, we want to always have an R&D area, research and development for our small clients. I'm constantly finding two things. One, passionate wannabe entrepreneurs. And two, local well-established brands who need an extra arm or an extra leg to help grow their brand. So what I'm saying there is restaurants who have a sauce they're very well known for that I can now bottle for them because, look, it's just more brand awareness. It's an extra leg or arm of your business. So I'm always finding new stuff. Now, I mentioned that, you know, we have competition that pops up. It's true. And listen, competition's great. It's America. It is what it is. But our competition, for the most part, um, he, he, you know, bigger ones, our, our competition who I would say are maybe a step or two larger than us, uh, continue to not be friendly to the startup entrepreneur. You know, they're looking for minimums, as we discussed before. Um, on the other hand, our competition that might be smaller than us, uh, they basically have gotten their business just from looking at already established, you know, essentially taking our business, whereas we're creating new business. So I feel pretty strong about our spot in the market. So between being great for startup entrepreneurs, salvaging these tomatoes, having a slightly higher speed line where we can serve the bigger clients, we've still managed to remain a USDA facility course we're FDA New York State eggs and markets all that's obvious but not only that but we have a GFSI certification we are an SQF facility relatively unheard of for a plant our size doing as many things as we're doing so I'm really loving how many different types of businesses can find a home with us we've not pigeon-toed ourselves into one particular thing pigeon-toed pigeon-hold pigeon-hold <laughs> pigeon-toed <laughs> We've not pigeonholed ourselves into one particular thing. We're open to a lot, and I love that about us. I think it's really good. I think it's really important that we do that. 
So the pitch, what's the pitch going to be? Well, it's going to be about showing how we can do those three things even better. And it's going to be about showing how, as I've already talked about, we can prove that our business is profitable. We can prove that it's scalable. And we can prove that the only thing stopping us from scaling it is essentially capital. That's the problem with manufacturing. Yeah, you can really, really work out the wrinkles and you can get your efficiencies down to, you know, perfection. And that will move the needle for you. Of course it will. Being very efficient will move the needle. However, sometimes it's just about that investment in that next piece of equipment that can just do it that much better and that much faster. And this is my favorite part because when people say, well, he's going to buy machines, he's going to put people out of work. Through all, throughout the growth we've seen in the last two years, we've gone from three employees to 10. I predict if we were to come away with a million dollars from Girl New York, we'd go from 10 to at least 15, I think maybe as many as 20. Full-time. That's full-time with benefits. Okay? Because... Yes, the machines do make you move a little bit faster, and people say, well, that replaces people, right? No, not at all. The faster you're moving, the more sauce you need to make. The busier your warehouse is. The more necessary departments like HR, marketing, events, uh, QA, the the more robust those departments need to become, the busier you are. So I believe we have departments, which, by the way, don't even exist yet. We don't have an HR department yet. I am your HR department so far. You know, a marketing and events team, something like that. We have nothing. That's me so far, right? I would love to see us create those departments. Plus, flat out, we're making more sauce. We need more production. So, adding jobs with adding equipment. I think it's awesome. So excited. The Screw New York thing is it's just it's just so great. I think our worst case scenario, we don't walk away with any prize money. It's still going to force us to truly just refine and just really have a plan put together that is just very well thought out, step by step. Here's how we're getting where we're going. Because whether or not we win Grow New York, we're going to get there. It's just a matter of how quickly we can get there. And in our case, the problem with not getting there as, as quickly is, you know, especially with the produce, like the Intergrow, Intergrow, uh, that's the greenhouse, by the way, where we get the tomatoes, but especially with the tomatoes, uh, those are tomatoes that, that they're not going to wait for a couple of years for us to figure this out without the Grow New York money, right? Those tomatoes are going to the dump if we don't get it. We want to salvage those immediately. That's one. Two, there are entrepreneurs right now in my email who want to start their businesses. We're going to start all of them. Not a single person will go ignored. But if I had the ability to dedicate an entire team to just that, we could be launching five businesses a week. Right now we're launching maybe one. And finally, the best point, I think, in all of this is what I just said about launching businesses. When you fund us, you don't just fund one business, you fund many businesses because we create other businesses. And so that's why I think we are a really good pick for Grow New York. I am very excited for this competition. I'm taking it very seriously. It's in mid-November. We'll see. I'll be a little heartbroken, sure, if we don't win anything. But like I said, nonetheless, even if we don't win anything, it'll cause us to really, truly focus our plan and then simply take that pitch elsewhere and see if we can receive funding elsewhere, at least help with the funding. We can self-fund up to a certain point, but I mean, manufacturing is expensive. You're talking millions of dollars here. 
to uh, to build manufacturing facilities. So we can't self-fund all of that. It's just uh, it's just not there. So anyway, thank you for listening to what I can only imagine was one of the more boring podcasts <laughs> that I've done in the last couple of years. <laughs> but the nerd in me loved it. So thanks for listening. Just a short little 20-minute cut in for your uh, Labor Day weekend. We'll be back to the regular format next week. Thanks for listening. <laughs>